1: Presented by AT and T. Connecting changes everything. Welcome to
0: Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. There's Jerry. So, stuff you should know. This is it.
0: Boy, that sounded like you're introducing the final episode. My voice. This is it.
1: Feels like it's the final episode.
0: You won't be able to talk anymore.
1: No, I'm getting there. It's <laughs> not true. You don't know that.
0: <laughs> uh, how's it going? It's going pretty well, man. How about with you? Uh, I think both of us had a, a bit of a dark time researching this article.
1: <laughs> Why?
0: Well, because... And we're going to get... F- f- well, we're going to get flack... That's a teaser from publicists, because what I learned is that publicists are professional liars.
1: <laughs> I, I would say that depends on the
0: circumstance. Well, what do you mean? Well, you're saying there are publicists who don't lie.
1: No, I'm saying it, it depends on um, whether the publicist is going to the media or the media is coming to the publicist, depending on the circumstance.
0: What I am saying is no matter what who you work for, if you are a publicist, then a percentage of your job will be lying.
1: Right, okay. Depending on the circumstance. Yeah. Exactly. So so Billy like Ray you Cyrus lie
0: about something good.
1: Billy Ray Cyrus is like, I am going to donate a bunch of time and money to a local homeless shelter. Yeah,
0: you don't have to lie about that.
1: The publicist gets on the horn, starts letting everybody know you guys should come cover this. Billy Ray Cyrus goes and does that, and everything's good. Then, on the way home, Billy Ray Cyrus decides to celebrate by drinking a bucket of tequila and runs his car into a uh, whatever. Okay. The publicist then starts getting calls and says...
0: He uh, didn't drink a bucket of tequila. That wasn't even him. That's overstated. What really happened with this?
1: So the circumstances depend on the... The, whether the publicist is fibbing or not.
0: Oh yeah. I'm not saying that all publicists do is lie, but I'm saying if you work as a publicist, part of your job is to cover tracks and to lie. Gotcha. Um, and, and you know, that don't hate the publicist, hate the system is what I say.
1: Yeah. They're definitely a, a part of the, a larger system.
0: Yeah. A larger system, mm-hmm. which includes all of us who digest news.
1: Yeah, especially say like entertainment news. Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, there's like a, there's a whole, there's two, it, from my understanding, there's two routes a person can take as a celebrity. You can either just go off and be a normal person. Mm-hmm. And depending on your level, you might have paparazzi following you or that kind of stuff. There's, sure. once you get to a certain level, it doesn't matter what your decision is. Or you can hire a publicist and feed yourself right into that machine. To get as much publicity and as much press as you possibly can.
0: Yeah, well, I think any celebrity is going to have a publicist, but it's really a matter of your directive and your goal. Right. I think some of those people like to be like that the old adage there's no such thing as bad publicity.
1: Yeah, I I ran into that. That that's more of a PR term where like so if you're into PR, you're probably representing a comp- company or an organization or something like that. Yeah. A publicist is somebody who typically represents a single person, an artist, an author, uh, a musician, um, something like that. That's yeah. really the, the only definition I can find for a publicist. And the, the job, the goal of the publicist is to, um, help maintain and promote the public image of that person that they represent. That's right. By um, having a good relationship with the media.
0: Yes, that's, that's where it starts.
1: That's the publicist.
0: Uh, and by the way, that no pub, no such thing as bad publicity, I tried to find the origin of that. And the closest thing I could find was P.T. Barnum. But I don't know if that's true. I don't think that's verified. Well, then they say Mark Twain. Yeah, P.T. Barnum or Mark Twain. Everybody says, oh, it was Mark <laughs> Twain saying. Uh, and I don't think that's even true anyway. I think maybe that used to be true.
1: What, that it was a Mark Twain thing?
0: No, that uh, no such thing as bad publicity. I think at one point that may have been sort of true. Yeah. But these days, there's clearly bad publicity. Sure. Uh, so you I said the word flack earlier as a teaser. Uh, apparently, um, two flack or a flack is a term originating from Gene Flack, uh, early movie publicist. Yeah. In Hollywood. And that's what the CK. That's right.
1: F-L-A-K, uh, to take flak, is named after a type of German gun in World War II, a German yeah. anti-aircraft gun.
0: Two different things. But in this case, it is a pejorative term, uh, for publicists. Uh, they don't like it. A PR flak. Yeah, you shouldn't say that to someone that works in PR. No. Or call them a liar. <laughs> they don't like that either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked it up. Apparently it means that, like, you can't be trusted. You'll, you'll do anything for money. Uh, that's what a flack is to them. That's like they, uh, one article I read said that's like calling a personal injury attorney an ambulance chaser. Yeah. It's just not a nice term. Gotcha. So there you have it. Uh, so a publicist, like you said, works for their client to make them, to get their good deeds out and to, if they don't have good deeds, to spin things to make it look like they do. Right. (laughs) You know?
1: Here, hold this baby lamb. Yeah. Oh, we take your picture. Exactly.
0: And then they get photographed later eating euros <laughs> down the block.
1: The two events were totally not
0: connected. <laughs> no. So the, uh, what they do is they pitch, uh, ideas to the media and they probably have to be good writers themselves because a press release oftentimes is a starting point, but press mm-hmm. releases, as we know, uh, can get lost in the shuffle and never see the light of day.
1: Yeah seems like a huge waste of time.
0: It can be. But uh, if you have a good publicist, um, they will be well-connected to the media right. to ensure that that uh, publicity blast is not lost.
1: Right, exactly. So there's, um, there's direction one, which is from the publicist to the media. And the, the publicist is going to have all these contacts with different entertainment reporters and business reporters yeah. and – Anybody that could possibly run a story. Yeah. Anybody that could possibly run a story on, um, their client, right? That's right. And they'll say, um, Billy Ray is going to donate some money. Why are we picking on him? Uh, he just seems like the type who would donate a bunch of money to a homeless shelter. Okay. And go down there himself and help out. Great. So Billy Ray's going to be down there. Plus it's, it's, it rolls off the tongue. Billy Ray. Sure. Um, so uh, why don't you send one of your cub reporters down? And and let's get some coverage for this, right? And since they're friends, since the, these people are, have worked together for decades now, this mm-hmm. reporter and this your your publicist, the reporter actually might respond, yeah, and show up, or the editor, or the news producer, whoever the contact is. That's great. Like, that's you hired a good publicist, and now this story is going to make it out there. That's right. Because they didn't just write up a press release with a bunch of exclamation points in the headline and fax it to every media outlet they could find that's and get publicist. zero response.
0: Yes, a, good, a publicist is only as good as their relationships, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the other way on that street that you were talking about is from the journalist back to the publicist, if they hear... Yeah, I heard Billy Ray Cyrus drank a bucket of tequila yeah. and ran over a prostitute with his car. They will then get in touch with the publicist and then they go, Jack, buddy, hey, we go back a long way. Would I lie to you? <laughs> Would I lie to you? <laughs> uh, so that's how that goes. And they want, they will be uh, more forthcoming with people who have, it's a scratch your back, you scratch mine type of scenario.
1: Yeah, like that reporter that actually showed up at the homeless shelter and covered it and made a nice piece and yeah, everything. I'll give you the scoop. When that guy calls, he's he's going to get the better treatment from the publicist than somebody who ignored the the, the pitch before.
0: That's right. Um, His, yeah, a it's a, more, lot a lot of back scratching. A lot of back scratching. Feeding the machine. <laughs> I've seen a lot more women as publicists than men. And I've always wondered why that is true. I don't know that that is
1: true. In researching this, I saw about an equal amount. I used oh, really? to think that as well. Um, but it seems like there's an equal amount these days.
0: It seems like every publicist I've ever known has been a woman. And I just figured it's because uh, women may be more level headed and, uh, more able to like smooth out a situation oh, yeah. than some big dumb guy. Yeah. Um, but I guess the guys who are publicists aren't big dumb guys like me. I'd be a bad publicist.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. So, what would your response be if somebody called to to find out <laughs> what stupid thing your your client did or why they did some stupid thing?
0: I'd say, you know what, it's really none of, none of your business. Not <laughs> bothering lines. me. <laughs> Bad publicist.
1: Yeah, well, that was something I ran across. Was you know saying something like, "My client needs their privacy respected right now." Sure, would just immediately shut down a relationship that you've cultivated over the years. Yeah you have to give as a publicist. You are, like, you, there has to be something that you give. So you better have something that will placate the reporter, mm-hmm. but will also, is probably not the truth, because that reporter will go off and write the truth about your client, and your client will have just gotten horrible publicity because of you. So it's a balancing act.
0: Yeah. Or they'll just say, let me send you over a gift bag from Fred Siegel. You like the last one, right? <laughs> <laughs> But uh, publicists may also, and it depends, people that have a staff of people working for them, sometimes the lines are blurred on who does what. But a publicist can arrange uh, interview requests and set all that stuff up. If you have like a book tour or you're a politician mm-hmm. or you're a band with a new album coming out, they might arrange all those interviews, in which case they are prepping two things. They are prepping the interviewer Saying you can't ask about the bucket of tequila, right? If you want this interview, I'll give it to you, but this is off limits. All yeah. these things, and then uh, as we've learned, um, when we've had people work with us in publicity, uh, they'll be prepping you um, on as the interviewee. Like if they ask this, this is how you should probably deal with it.
1: Don't answer that.
0: Yeah, don't bridge answer. back
1: <laughs> to what you were saying before.
0: And uh, my favorite thing. Ever are videos where celebrities walk out of interviews because the interviewer has asked something they weren't supposed to ask. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. Not to sit around and watch those all day.
1: Yeah, you could probably find a pretty good supercut of them. Yeah, probably so.
0: Uh, alright, well let's take a break and, uh, when we come back, we will talk a little bit about the skills you need as a publicist.
1: Find Altoids in the checkout aisle. Grab your tin today. Hey everybody, it's time you heard about Squarespace. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own website. Whether it's an online course or custom merch, With Squarespace courses and right now go to squarespace.com stuff for a free trial and when you're ready to launch use offer code stuff to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain Squarespace
0: all right we've mentioned lying <laughs> and you know I joke but for real if you want to be a publicist <laughs> You better have a certain comfort level with with stretching the truth and lying. Yeah. Because you're going to have to do that. If you're not comfortable with that, you shouldn't go into that line of work. Yeah. Is that safe to say? I think very. You need to be good with people mm-hmm. and cultivate those relationships. You need to be a good writer. Well, not only do you have to be a good writer, you have to be
1: a good journalist. And yeah. a lot of um, publicists uh, have a background in journalism because I kept running into this In this article and another article you sent, the number one rule of being a publicist is to think like a journalist. Even better than that is to not only think like a journalist, but be able to write like a journalist too. Because, as we kind of demonstrated, the the publicist media relationship is a two way street. the The publicist needs the media to publicize in a flattering manner their client. Sure, but the media needs the publicist because. They've got deadlines, and they need to come up with story ideas, and if something is brought to them, that's great. That's good. But that that media professional has a reputation to protect. It can't be like, uh, you know, Billy Ray Cyrus got off of his couch and mailed a check for $500 to a local homeless shelter.
0: Yeah, boring. Yeah,
1: and it came in a press release in a fax machine. Yeah. That reporter is not going to have a very good reputation, but if a publicist comes to this reporter with a great headline creative pitch a good story that's tailored to that reporter and their beat and even more than that tailored to that reporter's audience yes there's a good likelihood that a reporter will say i'm listening right and that's just music <laughs> to a publicist's ears sure
0: just to be listened to
1: yeah that's when you throw it into fifth gear
0: uh you can't be afraid of uh rejection um, you've got to be outgoing and you've got to take your licks because a lot of your attempts are going to fail just by nature of the job, so you can't get your feelings all hurt. Yeah, you guess you could, but you don't want to show that because then the journalist will be like, "Geez, Chuck's such a baby."
1: You are going to be eaten alive.
0: I didn't run the story, and he's complaining, crying a little whim.
1: I saw him choking up in the bathroom.
0: While they may get a good laugh out of that, they <laughs> probably won't want to work with you as much. Right. Um, you got to be very patient, and you have to be very flexible because if you're working for celebrities it is a very tough job.
1: That's another thing too. So you are um your hours are basically all hours
0: whenever you're needed.
1: Right. So not only does your publicist frequently also have to do other stuff or people associated with the publicist um have to do things like pick up things for the the client. Yeah, like, like the stuff assistant would stuff. do. Yeah. Sure. Um in addition to that, like the higher up you go on the food chain, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, the, the more that, that client feels a-okay with emailing you at three in the morning saying mm-hmm. like, um, I, I need to be reassured about my celebrity status or whatever. Yeah. Um, and the publicist needs to respond. You're basically on call all the time. Also, at three in the morning, your client may have done something really horrifically stupid, Yes, and some paparazzi caught it, and now word's starting to spread, and you're fielding calls from reporters at three in the morning to get a, a statement on what your client did.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, when when Twitter came out, I remember thinking at the time, like, pe- publicists aren't going to be around anymore because people are doing this themselves. Well, they've actually figured out ways
1: to use uh, Twitter well, to their benefit.
0: Well, ways to use Twitter, but Twitter is also their biggest security blanket as well because because of Twitter more and more celebrities are saying really stupid things <laughs> yeah. that the publicist is then going to have to cover their tracks. Yeah, that's a good point. So they'll take down the tweet and then try and spin that. Or just, uh, you know, the, the uh, apology is always very funny to me. Like, the awkward? Well, it's never like, did you hear about Chris Carter, the NFL guy? He's a former NFL player, wide receiver. Sure. For he, the Vikings, um, right? Yeah. He, um is in hot water this week because he spoke, was hired by the NFL to come in and speak to the rookies. They often do that for guys that had been in trouble to come in and say, don't do what I did.
1: He's scared straight.
0: Yeah, sort of. And um, he said in his talk to the rookie symposium said something about, you know, if you get caught with, you know, da-da-da-da-da, he went, just make sure you have a fall guy on your team. (laughs) Like the guy in the car that's like, it's my weed. Wow. And he got in big trouble for that. And his apology... His apology was was like, that. that's not the, the kind of advice I would ever give young people. It's like, but that's the advice you exactly gave young uh-huh. people. Yeah. Like, how can you say that days later? It's just so obvious it's a forced, <clears throat> insincere apology. So he either had a bad
1: publicist or yeah. didn't listen to his publicist. Because part of the publicist's job is when you're going to make the statement, the public statement, the public apology or whatever. Sure the the reasoning behind it the rationale mm-hmm. the um the wording of it the, just the logic behind the apology yeah. is probably going to be crafted by your publicist at least help they they're, they're going to help you with it yeah. at the very least they're going to want to help you with it right because they're probably scared stupid that you're going to make it worse
0: right and it sounds like there's a lot of crisis management and that is a part of it but Publicists also are just trying to cook up opportunities. Um,
1: I think that that's way more the day-to-day.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, depending on the client, of course. Sure. Um, but I remember our former boss, Connell, was in a band years ago. And th- I read online somewhere that his band was uh, went to Elton John's... Do you remember this story? No. Went to Elton John's house and spelled out their band name and fire on his tennis court. No, I hadn't heard that. To try and get on his label or something.
1: (laughs) That's a great way to do it.
0: I know. And I went and asked him. I was like, dude, I can't believe you guys did that. And he went, we didn't do that. I was like, no. And he was like, no. And our publicist made that up. It was like, nothing true about it. And he's like, no. They completely fabricated that story as a publicity stunt that never happened.
1: Huh. Yeah, so why even go to the trouble of it? (laughs) Or yeah. you can just release a story that says that you did that.
0: Yeah, isn't that amazing? When something like that could so easily be uh, fact-checked, like by calling Elton John.
1: Well, that's the other thing. He's like, like, I don't who's have to call court? Elton John. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. So I'm curious. I wonder how many media stories are just totally fabricated. Matter of fact, I'd be you out there in podcast surprised. land. Let us know if you know a media <laughs> story that was just totally fabricated that everybody takes as fact. Right. We want to hear it. I love stuff
0: like that. I do, too. All right. Uh, we mentioned earlier that you might end up getting the laundry or dry cleaning as a publicist.
1: If you're the publicist intern.
0: Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen is you might get asked to go get the laundry, and then you'll say, sure, I'll take care of that for you. And then you will go down the chain until you find the underling who was trying to be a publicist who still does things like that.
1: Right. This person may or may not be in college, but is probably college age. That's something that I ran across if you want a career in, as a publicist, you do not need to spend a single penny on higher education. No. The entire career of publicists begins as, as a hands-on experience. Yeah, you, need you, to you be, can. You need to be literate. You need to probably have a knack for writing um, in a journalistic way. Sure. And crafting good headlines and, uh, by proxy, good email subject lines. But you don't – if you have that already before college, you don't need to go to college.
0: No. Like you can go and major in journalism or communications or PR, but it's not like you get that diploma, that PR diploma. And you're going to get like some entry-level job
1: as a a publicist. No, you're you're still going to have to work your way up.
0: See, it says right here, I have a PR degree, so where's my job? Right. Uh, My advice is to skip college and go straight into the workforce As early as you can if this is what you want to do.
1: You know, I feel and I hope that there is becoming a bigger understanding that there are certain fields out there, there are careers out there where you don't have to go to college. No. And there are careers out there where, like, you should go to a vocational school to learn that trade. Yes. That college is not necessarily this end-all, be-all that you have to spend – Money after money after money to get a degree that might even not be used in your field, but I mean, the- I didn't need a degree to do
0: what I'm doing. No one ever has to see it,
1: right? And this is a this is a perfect example of that, Chuck. Like to be a publicist, you do not need a degree. You need hands-on experience. You need basically what amounts to an apprenticeship.
0: That's right. Yeah, good way to say it. So go in and get that job in the mailroom or as an assistant or as an intern. Uh, and it would be great if you still live at your parents' house at this point because you're going to get paid
1: like next to nothing. Yes, and you're going to be doing all the grunt work. Yes, but if you are, if you go in there with your mindset to I'm going to learn this, I want to learn this, and yeah. move up, you're you're going to be in the right environment for that.
0: Absolutely. Uh, like we said, you might be picking up dry cleaning. You're going to be uh, returning a lot of phone calls, drafting a lot of um, probably not so fun. Uh, Press releases. Um, that,
1: that is graduated from the intern.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm talking about being like a junior assistant.
1: Right. What, after you get hired on.
0: Yeah. 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 And press releases that aren't like the sexy ones, you know. <laughs> right. Um, you're not going to be writing like the press releases for Billy Ray Cyrus, in other words. No. Those are sexy.
1: You'll be writing them for his dog. Okay. You know? <laughs> sure.
0: Freddie? Uh, Freddie Freddy
1: Cyrus? Freddie Freddy Cyrus, yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: You are going to be uh, handling the, your publicists that you work for, uh, their schedule, um, their contacts. You're going to be uh, putting together press kits and EPKs, electronic press kits, and blasting those out. Yep. Basically, all of the um, nuts and bolts of the job you're going to be doing as a junior uh, staff publicist or an assistant. Right. Not a bad gig if that's what you want to do. And, no. And, you, and if you stick to it and you're good at it, you're going to end up being a publicist.
1: Right. Not only are you getting the experience you need on the job, you're also in a place where you're networking, too, because that is probably tied for first as far as like thinking like a journalist goes. You need to be a pretty good networker.
0: That's right. And you know what? Let's take a break, and oh, okay. we will talk more about uh, networking and some of the uh, skills you still need. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details.
1: Joe, can I make a confession? Yes. I'm possibly the worst networker on the planet. Uh, you didn't have to tell me that. <laughs> I'm really bad at it. Yeah, it's not your bag. It isn't. Some people are good at networking. I'm like, pretty good at it. You're good at networking. Yeah, because
0: I enjoy it. Yeah. And I don't consider it, um, networking sounds like just doing something to serve you in the end. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as like, I enjoy making professional colleague, uh, enjoy meeting and and getting to know professional colleagues. Yeah. And then later on, if I can hit them up for something or if they hit me up, that's great. But if not, it's just uh, something I like. Gotcha. You know? So so the
1: Maybe proper response to somebody when they come and ask you for something, you're like, oh, I saw this coming. Yeah. That's not the way to respond? <laughs> Probably
0: not. <laughs> I,
1: I'm trying to put myself out there a little more.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah. Why is that? Just,
1: just, I think that's a skill that everybody should have. Yeah. All right, instead of being like a misanthropic recluse, <laughs> you know, put yourself out there. I
0: agree, um well, one of the skills that uh, I don't think we pinpointed was networking without seeming like you're networking, which is sort of' uh, well, it's the key what I was just talking about,
1: and I think maybe that is it too. like I feel like networking is a task, whereas if I just relaxed and enjoyed it and like just you know. Communing with a fellow human being, yeah, exactly. isn't that what it's all about? That's all it is. Not so scary. <laughs> if I just took it like that, then I'm sure it would be much more relaxing.
0: Um, I read a uh, blog, and I sent it to you. Yeah. And I want to shout them out because they uh, Sonic Bids, S O N I C B I D S. Hmm. It's a blog where they did an interview that was pretty insightful, actually.
1: Uh, They did a a double interview.
0: A dual interview with uh, Julie Lichtenstein of 37 Media and Lily Golightly of Golightly Media. And I think they work with bands uh, and musical artists mainly. Yeah. But uh, it was super insightful. And they said um, just some little tidbits here. Like, I was always curious how they get paid. Um, And I think if you're a publicist for a person and, like, you are on retainer, then you just get a salary. Um, or if you're part of a firm that just works right, for that person. Right. But you can also just be hired for a campaign.
1: Right. So if you're a band and you've gone to the trouble of like going in and, and uh, hiring a producer to produce your album, sure. and like you've made a studio-quality album that you're proud of, you might want to hit everybody up or gather around another two grand to hire a publicist for a month to release that album correctly.
0: Not a bad idea.
1: No. And... Like, th- just hiring a publicist isn't gonna automatically make it great. No. Like, you need to say, like, can we see some of the other campaigns you've run? Sure. What are your ideas for this campaign? Um, who have some of your uh, clients been in the past? Um, what are, what are, what's some of the press that you've gotten?
0: Yeah, we, like, we you want your successes? Yeah,
1: you don't wanna just be like, uh, throw a dart at a phone book. Right. Do your research because it's too grand and you're an up and coming band and that's just, that's not chump change. But, if you, if you look at it as a wise investment and you do invest it wisely in a good publicist, it could make a huge difference for you.
0: Agreed. Um, this, uh, Julie said that, uh, they try and get out for, a re- for a major artists, uh, three or four months ahead of the release of the album is when they want to start their job. Yeah. So it's not like, hey, it drops next week. Let's think of some good ideas. Right. You know, they want some good lead time. Uh, and they said that they like to work around goals. Um, if they're if it's like a tour like for us going on our tour right uh we don't have a publicist <laughs> no but we have promoters working with venues right. that sort of do the job of a publicist as far as trying to sell tickets right um but if you are booking a tour and you have a publicist they're going to be the ones that are getting you on the local radio stations uh, morning TV, getting you in the local uh, newspaper mm-hmm. or uh, alternative newspaper to get you some press. Yep.
1: And this is, I mean, if you have, um, like, this is stuff you can do yourself. But one of the things that you are hiring when you hire a publicist is their context. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you don't have the context, You're just the band. One of the problems is, is you are, it's going to be tough for you to think objectively like, you're not going to understand why every journalist you talk to doesn't want to automatically do a long-form piece on how great your band is. Right. Publicist is going to be dispassionate enough yeah. and removed enough that that's they can see it objectively through a journalist's eyes and, and then pitch it in a way that's probably going to get better, um, more more bites.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it because the artists, we've even experienced this is the ones who get their feelings hurt. Saying like, oh man, they, you know, they, they interviewed us last time. Why didn't they do it this time? And they're always great about massaging the ego a little bit and saying like, it's okay, guys. It's no big deal. Yeah. Cause, um, that doesn't do much for us anyway. Lie. <laughs> right. <laughs> we got this other thing that's better. Lie. Right. Um, the other thing they're going to be doing if uh, they work for you is they're going to be sending you, uh, weekly or bi-weekly reports on what's lined up, who passed on stuff, who, who bit, um, Stuff like that. Like, they're keeping you informed. Yeah. You're not just, like, in a black hole. And some artists like to be well in touch on that stuff, and some probably Mm -hmm. don't care about being bothered. Right. You know? They just want to be on Conan. (laughs) Man. Conan shot in Atlanta, 15 minutes from our house, (laughs) where we live. Yeah. And we couldn't get on Conan. I know. And it was while our TV show was debuting.
1: I know. You don't have to remind me. Let's talk Penny C. Sansivieri.
0: Yeah, from HuffPo. She uh, is the author and CEO of Marketing Experts, Inc., and she listed out nine things that a good publicist does. What's number one, Chuck? Can you guess? Think like a journalist. That's right. You already said that, and yeah. you were right. It's the number
1: one rule. Number two rule is know the rules.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> got to play within the game. If you start... I mean, you can bend rules, but if you start breaking them, people have a long memory.
1: Well, here yeah. If you go on and, and read, um, just type the the phrase rules of pitching mm-hmm. and publicity into your favorite search engine. And it will bring up, apparently, one of the journalists, things journalists like to do in their downtime is write lengthy blog posts mocking PR and publicists oh, who yeah. don't follow the rules of pitching. So um, one of the rules is... You, you, no phone calls. You d- you just don't use the phone.
0: Oh, all email.
1: Yeah, it's, especially if you're cold calling people. Uh-huh. Like yeah, I guess if you have a relationship with somebody, you can pick up the phone and call them, but you you don't send a email blast and then a, a day later follow up on the email by phone. Apparently, Did you get that email. That's the worst thing you can do.
0: Yeah, you don't want to bug people.
1: No, and it's very easy to to come off as like pestering a reporter as a sure. publicist. I bet. So you you need to know the rules, or your publicist needs to know the rules.
0: Uh, here's a good one that I didn't think about. Reading outside of your market. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure it's pretty easy to just think, uh, New York and L.A., like, what else do I need to know about?
1: Well, not even that. It's like, um, if you're a band...
0: Outside of your industry? Yeah. Then? Yeah.
1: You know, and just start to think of, like, oh, well, we actually sing this song about... Uh, the oil industry and oil prices are going through the <laughs> roof. So maybe, maybe the Today Show would want to talk to us about our song.
0: I, I, I didn't think about that. I'd be a idea. great publicist. Well, you'd be a Except great songwriter. I'm, <laughs> I'm terrible at networking. Um, Google alerts—that's kind of a no-brainer, I would think. Um, understanding the importance of local media—that's a good one. Um, because while your artist is not going to be super stoked about appearing on uh, Good Morning Toledo, hey. If there's a tie, like you're from Toledo, like you, then that's probably a smart thing to do because the local media loves people that were from there that moved away.
1: Right. Plus, maybe they still live there. Plus, um, uh, Mrs. Sancivieri makes this point, or Ms. Sancivieri, sorry, um, makes this point that um, you never know where a local contact is going to end up. Sure. Might hit the big
0: time. They might work for USA Today in a couple of months.
1: Yeah. It doesn't (laughs) get bigger than that. Uh, And if they they hit the big time on their end and they have you as like a contact, it could help you out big time.
0: That's right. Uh, And then earlier you mentioned something about subject lines for emails. I never really thought about this, but um, Penny says, can I call her Penny? You can. on a first-name basis? I call
1: her Ms. Sansevieri. Okay.
0: Well, she says that crafting a subject line is one of the most important things that you can do as a publicist. Yeah. And that they agonize over this. And it makes total sense with the glut of emails that people receive, especially journalists. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want to grab their attention. Otherwise, it's just going to be bye-bye time. Yeah. So, but you also drafting, have to know. redrafting, editing, tweaking. She says it's just like maddening how much you have to do that.
1: Yeah, that would drive me crazy.
0: Yeah, because it's the minutia. So much importance on the minutia.
1: Yeah, but it's true, and, and you have to, you have to put a lot of thought into it. But you also probably can't come off as having put too much thought into it, or else it seems desperate, which will turn somebody off. yeah journalists, publicists, want to kill journalists, and vice versa.
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like Mm-mm. a a weird relationship for sure. Yeah, you know.
1: And then also, did you look up media leads? No. So basically, there is services out there where journalists say, "I need a quote on." Uh, I am doing a piece on nuclear fusion, and I don't even know what that is. So oh, I need yeah. a source, and then this 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 um, service that the the journalist calls. Puts out like a, a daily, or you know, maybe even more than once a day, newsletter blast to PR people who pay for the service, and then they they go through and say, "Oh, I've actually got a nuclear physicist on my payroll, or, yeah, and I'm I'm going to connect him."
0: We've been uh, connected that way before.
1: How? Huh? Who?
0: Uh, when we had different PR firms working for uh, with us at times, um, they've gotten in touch and say, "said So and so at SpaceX." Um, wants to know if you want to come on and talk about this, or when we did that stuff on ABC about when the housing (laughs) crisis hit.
1: Yeah, because we're financial experts. Yeah, so stuff like that. Yeah, I guess It
0: used to come across our desk every now and then.
1: Well, there's there's subscription services that connect people through leads. From what I'm seeing is Twitter is now um, filling that void a lot, where you can just search Twitter for the hashtag H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. Yeah. The reporters, um, and then also, I guess there's a lot of PR tastemakers out there. Sure. Um, that are just super connected and will basically tweet a lead and you don't have to pay a thousand dollars a month for that subscription service. You just follow certain people on Twitter and as a PR person, you might have somebody that's a client that you connect.
0: Yeah, the whole, that whole new job of being an aggregator, a a curator.
1: Yeah, like that. Yeah.
0: Like people do that and that's all they do.
1: But, We also live in an age where people are famous for being
0: famous. I know. Man. I I need to take uh, back uh, a little bit of my tirade about liars. I think that what I'm talking about are people, publicists for, like, big celebrities and stuff like that. Okay. Like, we've had publicists work with us, and I bet 80% of the clients that they work with are like people like us where you don't have to like lie and spin. Yeah,
1: we're always on our best behavior.
0: Yeah, it's just, you know, regular stuff. Like, let me find a good opportunity for you and connect to you. And so I I was overstating and I think that's just the far edge of the celebrity end of things. Gotcha. Because I just got to thinking about what if they're listening? I don't want them to think I didn't think they were doing a good job.
1: (laughs) You did a great job. Way to back off of that
0: one, Chuck. I got one more little thing on Jim Moran. Moran. You just said moron. M O R A N I think Moran.
1: Well Not the way the French say moron.
0: Uh he is was known as the master of the publicity stunt uh back in the day. Like he did things what his big thing was was to take a saying mm-hmm. and try and disprove it. Like for a company. So he literally went to Alaska on behalf of G E to sell a refrigerator to uh well it says an Eskimo, but I guess an Inuit yeah. is what you would say today. Yeah. Um, he walked a bull through a china shop in New York City. How'd that go? Is a stunt. Uh, I think they broke some things. Oh, <laughs> he got on a horse for a politician and changed directions midstream on the horse, like rode it through a river and mm-hmm. changed directions. Yeah, like you can do this. Uh, and then in 1959, for the premiere of the Mouse That Roared, the great Peter Sellers movie, mm-hmm. uh, he opened an embassy. Remember the movie was about a. Mm-hmm. Small country that declared war in a big country.
1: Because they wanted to declare war on the U.S. and then surrender and then get financial aid from around right. the world. Because right. their, their economy was in trouble. But they right? ended up winning or something?
0: I don't know. <laughs> so. Wasn't that it? Uh, he opened an embassy in Washington for a mythical country.
1: Yeah. Nice. And, well, speaking of, by the way, I finally saw Dr. Strangelove.
0: Oh, really? Great movie. One of the best. It, it's up there for sure. Oh, man. One of the best satires, let's say. It is a great movie. Great movie and Peter Sellers man just
1: he did great but also i mean like George C Scott was amazing as he well He was
0: amazing and the guy i can't remember his name <laughs> that played the uh the colonel or whatever the one who lost his marbles Yeah yeah he was good He was so good
1: Everybody was uh, uh Slim Slim Chills or Slim Pickens Slim Pickens Slim, Pickens. <laughs> slim Chills Yeah no, there's Chili Chill Wills was another like what country western actor Chill Wills i think is his name Chill Wills? You'd recognize him if you saw his face. Okay. Chill Wills. All right. Yeah. Of course, Chill Wills makes an appearance <laughs> in the How Publicists Works <laughs> <laughs> episode. You got uh, anything else? No, I got nothing else. Thank goodness. If you want to know more about publicists, you can type this word in the search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. And I said, search parts so was the time for Listener Mail.
0: I did have one more thing. What was it? That movie, America's Sweethearts. Did you ever see that with John Cusack uh-huh. in... Uh, I know you're talking about Billy Crystal was played a publicist to a pain in the butt Hollywood couple.
1: Oh, best best portrayal of a publicist is on Seinfeld, the mom from that 70s show. Remember she played Seinfeld's publicist? Oh, she was? Yeah. She tried to get the airline pilot kicked out of Jerry's show and he ended up oh, getting right, him kicked right, off of right. I think it's the <laughs> one where Kramer's at... JFK or LaGuardia He's making bets On arrivals And he ends up Using the son of Sam Mailbag as collateral Right Great episode But the mom From that 70's show Played Jerry's publicist
0: Kitty Yeah Who was also in Friends well, What was she on Friends She played uh, Phoebe's half brother Giovanni Rabisi, Played his uh, Girlfriend or wife Oh yeah Which is a weird Like a mismatched couple That's odd And I think they were They got her to be A surrogate for them Okay. When Lisa Kudrow got pregnant in real life, I think that's how they handled it.
1: We have watched a lot of TV. All
0: right. I'm going to call this one, uh, uh, we were actually right. And this lady was nice at a dinner party. How's that for a subject line? Okay. Hey guys, have a little story. I was at a small dinner party where the host was making his own sea salt. Uh, the topic about... It's one of those dinner parties. <laughs> uh, the topic of kosher salt came up, so I dropped the fact from your salt episode that kosher salt is actually just salt used for drawing blood out of meat to make it kosher, not salt blessed by a rabbi. And a fellow guest disagreed, to which I responded, I'm quite sure about this. The host then said, raise your hand if you're Jewish, and the guy that disputed me raised his hand. felt rather embarrassed uh, while he explained to me what kosher means and that salt also goes through the same kosher process that yeah. would never explain how i backed down and didn't uh j- try to defend the fact that i just told it's not that i doubted you guys though i jokingly said i'd write an email to complain but it's because appeal is disrespectful to correct someone on their own heritage good move yeah i also didn't want to start any petty debate uh with someone at someone else's dinner party also a good move uh so i decided to take in the embarrassment while he was explaining what kosher is at the same time eating this plate of pasta with chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you find this amusing. Uh, please keep up the good work. If you're reading on the show, please give a shout-out to my friend Amber, who introduced me to the show, and that is from Chloe uh, Sese. So wait a minute, Chuck. Were we right and the,
1: the guy was wrong?
0: We were right. The Jewish guy was wrong. Because I looked it up today just to be sure. Yeah. And apparently kosher salt is kosher because, in fact, they said it should be called Koshering salt, yeah, yeah, because it's used to make things kosher. It is not the salt itself that's kosher.
1: It would have kept Chloe out of that kind of situation. Chloe, it sounds like you have a lot of uh, tact and dignity.
0: Yes, and congratulations it sounds, on that. It sounds like yeah, the other guy's a bit of a blowhard. I'm not ruining the dinner <laughs> party. So that is uh, from Chloe in uh, Sydney, Australia.
1: Thank you. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, we want to hear about all of your misadventures out there based on stuff you should know. Uh, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com slash you should know. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast at com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, stuffyou know.com.
0: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com.